Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Gina Clark, who is an artist, designer, and certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach. Gina, how you doing? I am great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, So as you said, I'm an artist and a designer and a creativity coach. Um, And those are things that right now I'm doing outside of my, uh, you know, main occupation, which is a public servant. Um, But I'm, I'm a public servant. Do you mean lawyer? No, no, I work for I'm in Canada. So I work for our provincial government. So I guess it would be like, you know, somebody who worked for the state. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but recently, fairly recently, I, I kind of got back in touch with my own creativity. It was something I'd kind of ignored for a really long time. Uh, so I've been doing painting. Um, so just even in terms of recreation, I really enjoy painting and taking photos. Um, I like to use the photos as inspiration for what I paint, um, even though I paint mainly abstract or you know semi-abstract work I, I still use the photographs as inspiration because I like to be inspired by like the feeling of a place or of something that happened so it's a way of sort of taking a snapshot and then I can use that to to work on the piece um I also do a little bit of surface pattern design so that's taking the art that I make and turning it into a pattern that can be then put on products so you know, things like anything that has a surface, really. So like a notebook or uh, a pillowcase or something like that. I, and I do some creativity coaching. So when you talked about Kaizen Muse creativity coaching, um, it was sort of what led me into all of this. Um, and yeah, and I'm pretty like, I've got three kids, husband. So life is pretty busy, but I'm trying to squeeze this dream into that life. And it's going pretty good so far. Yeah, there we go. I love it. And so for fun, you like to paint and take photos. Your photos are inspiration for your painting. Sometimes you will take those photos and sell them to companies with products so they can like make it their logo kind of. No, like the what I would do is say I made say I made a painting and uh, I can take that painting and digitize it okay, I and see. then turn pieces into it, into a pattern, or, you know, I could make a motif and turn that into a pattern of some sort, and then that could be put on a product. Okay. So you take the yeah. painting, make it digital. Yeah. And then that pattern can be put on a product and they would pay you for the digital version of your painting. Right. So you can license that to companies. So they would pay you to be able to use your design on their product. You know, I saw an Instagram video about that recently. Oh, yeah. People make a killing doing that if you get the yeah. right deals. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I didn't really, I didn't know too much about it until recently. And uh, yeah, it's really neat. And I mean, think about all the things in your life that have patterns on them, you know, like there's a real demand for that and they want fresh new things all the time. So yeah, it's really cool. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. So tell us a bit more about Kaizen Muse Creativity Coaching and what exactly that entails. Sure. So uh, that's something uh, Kaizen Muse uh, was developed by a person named Jill Badonsky. Um, so she is the person that developed the type of creativity coaching. Uh, and she's been teaching it for about 15 to 20 years, somewhere around there. Um, and when I started, like I said, I was trying to get back in touch with my creativity. Um, and it was something I had struggled with for a long time. Um, I just, you know, put it off or I was afraid to really dive into it. Um, and I came across this creativity coaching page on Google one day. I had no idea what I was looking for because I didn't even know this existed. And it came up and I read about it and I just loved her philosophy because she's very, um, she's very into being kind to yourself and, and what Kaizen is, it's a Japanese word um, that was used in the manufacturing industry. And it's all about taking small steps so towards continual improvement. So, you. you know, instead of, you know, I think what a lot of us do, and I think what a lot of workplaces do too, which, you know, hence the manufacturing thing is you want to make some kind of change and you come in and you're like, we're going to do this thing and we're going to change it all up. And uh, it bombs because people aren't ready for it. They're not, you know, the whole change management thing, but even within yourself, I think a lot of times we don't go after the things that we really want to do because we get scared. And Kaizen Muse is, is really about taking really small steps to make yourself comfortable. So the fear response kind of subsides and you get more confident because you keep succeeding at all of these little small steps. So I just love that. And I love, I loved her philosophy. So um, I took the program and became certified. Um, but I think it was a very much, um, a coaching for myself as well, going through the program. So it was really helpful in terms of helping me learn to bypass that fear response that I had. But I love, I love helping people who, you know, want to be creative, but they, they don't know how to start. They don't know what to do. They, they, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it. I just know it was something I had inside of me. Like I just wanted to do something creative and I didn't know how to get it out of me. Um, so yeah, anybody who's in that that type of situation, I really love working with them and helping them pull that out of themselves and really figure out what it is. I love that. And I love the idea of small steps towards progress because I'm one of those people who is just really extreme. <laughs> and so when I'm like, I'm going to do something, I'm like, I'm going to dive all in. Yeah. Hence my daily podcast. But... <laughs> <laughs> um. I've learned that you do, you do need to be kind to yourself. You need to celebrate the small victories and that does build confidence. And when that confidence <laughs> compounds, it starts to do really cool things. So exactly like, like that idea. You've alluded to it a little bit, but tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? Um, well, I mean, really like the creativity really gets me motivated, but what, what really, really got me 
you know, like I said that I had, I had put this off for a really long time. Um, and there were sort of two things that really pushed me into moving forward with sort of going after my dream. And, uh, one of those things was age. Um, I think I just got to a point in my life where I was like, you know, you've been sitting around kind of playing the martyr, not doing this because of all these other things in life. Um, and it's time to just do it because I don't want to die with regret that I didn't try. Um, and that I didn't do the things that really filled me up. Um, and the other thing was that I really wanted to show my kids to like, just go for it. Like if you have something inside you, that's, that's not going away. And that's sort of like eating at you. Uh, just, just do it. And it doesn't matter what age you are, or where you're at or what the obstacles are. Um, it's just, you know, that's what life's for. So, so go out there and, and get it. And, uh, you know, they make fun of me a lot, but I, I, <laughs> they're all teenagers. Right. So, but I think, um, I, I truly hope one day or that it's in there that they're, they're sort of seeing this and that it's something that's going to impact their life. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. I think, um, I think that's a good message to send your kids for sure. So it's a it's a message a lot of the world needs actually <laughs> yeah yeah for sure cool well now we're gonna jump into your dreams and goals so we've heard about you who you are tell us yeah. about your vision for your life and all the creative things that you're doing sure um so my dream would be able to make a living as an artist uh to be able to not work um at a other job and just be fully immersed in you know, creating things and putting them out into the world. Um, and, and, and also like the other side of that is to inspire people to be more creative and to teach them to be more creative. So there's sort of the two pieces there. And that's something I really love. Um, and with that dream sort of comes that want of, you know, time and location freedom and just being able to I really want to be able to travel. I want to be able to take my kids around the world, um, travel with my husband and be able to take, you know, like six to eight weeks of the year, just being wherever it is we want to be um, and still be able to, you know, have my business running and doing what it needs to be doing and not being tied to anywhere. So that's really, you know, and I, and I want to, I guess another reason too, probably my motivation is I see this as something that I could do well into my aging years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so many of us are like, God, I can't wait till retire. <laughs> and I, I don't want to be like that. I want to be doing something that when I'm 70 or 75 or 80, I'm, I'm still making art and it's still making me happy. And maybe I've slowed down, but you know, it's still, it's still a big, important part of my life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And so do you have your financial freedom number? Just curious. Like, is it a oh number per month in your head? You don't have to share it either. That's totally fine. No, I think like I, do I have a number? I don't know if I have a number. I think I'm fairly, I'm fairly, I mean, I know that I would need to at least replace my income plus, um, because, you know, being in a government job, there, there's a lot of 
security and stability that comes with that. And, and um, so I think I would need to have a really good cushion to feel comfortable enough to like really step away. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I know what that number is yet, but I, I think it's something I, I know it's something I want to think about because I really want to have a goalpost, you know, for moving towards. Yeah, for sure. So just when you take a photo and you paint from that photo and then you digitize it, yeah. how often do you do that? Do you do it like once a month, once every six months, once a quarter, once a year? Um, that would probably be like once a quarter doing okay. the patterns and stuff. And what are the typical, if at any point these questions get too invasive, be like, yo, Timmy, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would be the typical like return on one of those patterns? Like what would you be seeing like $50 a pattern, $75 a pattern, $20 a pattern, $100 a pattern? Well, it's very, it, it really depends because um, you can sell your work outright but you, you can also do the licensing piece of it. So if you sold the pattern outright, uh, the rights to it, then you have no rights to it anymore. Um, and the company would just take it and they'd be able to use it and do whatever they want with it. But more typically um, with the licensing contract, it would be for a certain amount of time in a certain industry, in a certain location. Um, so you may get you know, somebody signing on for 12 months in North America to use your pattern on stationery. Um, so then as the artist, you would be able to possibly license that pattern somewhere else. Maybe you could license it in Europe for stationery, or you could license it in North America in a different, um, like, I don't know, wallpaper or something completely different than stationery. So there's not really like a set figure. Um, and it's also, uh, it's typically typically paid by royalty too. So it really depends on how successful the product is. Like sometimes you can get some prepayment, but oftentimes you're getting paid a certain amount per product sold. So it often takes quite a while, you know, like it could take up to a year or two from when you start working with a company to when you start getting paid royalties, because of course you're way in pre-production um, before any of that happens. Um, but in terms of the painting, I, uh, what I am hoping to do is not only sell originals because I don't want this to be something that's tied to, you know, the number of hours that I have to work to produce something, uh, for the income. Uh, I'm really looking at moving into a print side of it as well. So then the prints would be available anytime, um, and sort of have those two, you know, sort of the original piece and then also have for the people who aren't in the market to buy an original piece, the ability to buy a print um, and make that more of a passive income kind of side of it. I got you. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And so the prints, that has nothing to do with the licensing or the royalties. That's completely different for people who want to buy art. Yes. Yeah. I see. Yeah. How much would a print go for, do you think? If you had a brand, say you have a brand of 5,000 followers on yeah. Instagram and Twitter. Um, I mean, I think it would depend on the sizes, but probably, you know, if you're thinking from like a quite a small to a large, large print, um, it'd probably go anywhere from like $30 to maybe 200. Mm. Okay. 
Yeah. That could, that could, uh, that could replace your income pretty quickly. <laughs> See, I'm not at the point yet where I'm, I can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Theoretically it sure could. Okay. Okay. Last, last couple of questions, then I'll be, I'll be done badgering you. We'll move on with yeah. the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> how many paintings do you think you would have to do per year to, and licensing them out? So paint them, digitize them, license them out um, to like get to the point where you're get starting to replace your income. And I know that's pretty unpredictable because the licensing revenue can be unpredictable. But if you took yeah. the average for the industry and like extrapolated it. Oh, you know, like I don't even know what the average for the industry is, but I would say that my goal is to make two to four collections a year. So a collection would have about 12 prints in it. Um, so that would be 12 different designs. Um, so something like that, you know, if you could get them all shopped out and, and it totally depends because some, some um, brands might be interested in buying a complete collection or they might be interested in only buying certain patterns in the collection. So it's really hard to say, but, uh, that's my goal. And I, I, I am aware of other artists who are making a full-time income doing that. But I'm, what I'm seeing is that a lot of artists who are um, really financially successful have a lot of different income streams. So when, you know, the piece like maybe the royalty checks aren't coming in this month, maybe it's a really good printmaking month, or maybe you're having like an original painting uh, collection release. Maybe you're doing education uh, as part of that too. So um, uh, there's there's often a lot of different streams um, and it's not just the one thing, but there's definitely uh, people out there who are extremely, extremely successful um, doing this. So it's, it's very inspirational. I got you. I got yeah. you. I love it. I'm just... Uh... <laughs> The steps involved for, so you have the licensing, you have the printing, yeah. and you have the education. Yeah. Uh, I'm just really business-minded. So there's like sales and marketing involved <laughs> with all of this. And so I'm just curious, how tedious is it to market your prints to customers and then market the digitized products to businesses so they license them? Like, is it like a, you cold call a hundred and 10 will accept, or is it like a more of a networking thing? How does it work? Um, I think it can be a bit of both. There's also licensing agents out there um, that some people work with, but not everybody does because I, they typically take about 50% of whatever you take in, but at the same time, you're not having to do all that legwork. Um, but I, I, a lot of artists have actually had really good success through Instagram, um, just where companies are finding them and, and reaching out. But it's something that I've been really starting to think about because what I'm really starting to do is, is, you know, talk about not like doing everything at once. I have this big vision in my head, but I know that I shouldn't try to do all three of those things, like full bore all at once. I really want to focus on the one thing right now, which is painting collection and moving into prints. Um, and then once that's 
established, move into the surface pattern design licensing. And uh, the education for me is, I think, just going to be part of it. I, I don't think that it's going to be the main part of my business, but it's going to be something that if somebody were interested, um, I'd always be available to help somebody, you know, tap into their creativity. So when I, when I'm, uh, you know, with my email newsletter and with my Instagram, um, while I'm on there promoting my own work, there's also a lot of stuff about creativity and sort of encouraging people to be creative. But I have had the thought, like, is there going to come a time where I have to split these or are they still going to be able to, you know, move together successfully yeah. as one or is it going to become too confusing? But kind of a future problem, but it's definitely crossed my mind. I got you. I got you. Yeah. But right now, the focus is prints. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you, you said you have an email newsletter and stuff? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I, I love that you took that focus because I was doing a very similar thing of I was trying to do this coaching stuff. I was trying to do this real estate stuff. And then within the coaching stuff, I had the course, I had the mastermind, then I had the year long mastermind. I was trying to sell and market for all of that. And I was like, yeah. I just need to stop and focus and get up, get an idea of what daily behavior can tick the needle forward on my goal for this one thing. And I yeah. think when I do that and I do it for a year, I'll see better results. So, yeah. Uh, I like that you're focusing now. Well, awesome. No more questions about the business side of <laughs> art. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for diving deep with us. I appreciate that. Yeah, for, for sure. Cool. Well, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step towards selling as many prints as you need to replace your income and get that cushion, who would that person be and how would they help you? Um, I have two people. I have two people. Um, and they're people that I have learned from over the last year that uh, I just found amazing. One is they're both artists. Um, one is named Emily Jeffords. She's an oil painter. Um, and the other one is Lorianne Gonzalez, and she um, works mostly in acrylics and watercolor and um, is really into, they, they both do um, art prints in addition to their originals, um, but they've both been very successful at it. Um, I love, I love how both of them are very real in terms of um, being who they are and being an artist, because that was really something that held me back for a really long time was like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't live in New York and I'm not in like the Soho galleries and I don't run in those circles. So how am I ever going to do this? And they're just like, you know, they're like, Emily's like a mom with her kids in the studio and doing her stuff. And, you know, Lori's just cool. She's in her sweatshirts and doing her Instagrams every day. And she's just being her and, so it's just very inspiring to for me to see them be extremely successful, extremely approachable. They don't work with galleries. They have been extremely successful artists basically by starting in their house, um, having an online art business. Um, and I think I would just have a lot that I could learn from, from both of them in addition to what I have already. I love it. I love it. And what are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish your dreams and goals? So you run into Sally at the grocery store and Sally's like, Gina, how can I help you out? What would you tell her? 
I would tell her to go check out my website or my Instagram and get on my email list um, because that's where she would see my art, see my creativity tips, um, be the first one to know about uh, when a collection is going to drop or if I have products dropping. Um, and that would be the best way. And I think the other thing too would be, and this is more, I mean, it's for me, but I think it's also more general is to really buy original art. Um, there, there's way, there are ways to support artists and buy original art without um, spending thousands or tens of thousands of dollars on a painting. Um, original art is so, so accessible now because of the internet. Um, it, it's, it's really easy for people to go out and find pieces that they love, so. Gotcha, there we yeah. go. Yeah. And now we are going to jump into our thriving three. So our first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. All right. Very difficult for me to pick a favorite book. <laughs> I will tell you that. Gotcha. That was, yeah. Um, but I'm going to say, so movie too, I suppose, even though it's a kid's movie, but Alice in Wonderland. Um, I would, I, I would say that that's really, really what started my love of the unconventional and things not having to be the way they seem in the world. Um, and I just love Alice. She's kind of cheeky and she yeah. goes out there and kicks ass in Wonderland. And yeah, I love it. There we go. There and we it's go. beautifully written as well. I love that. You know, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen the movie, but I do not remember it. So maybe I'll have to go <laughs> give it another watch. <laughs> pretty awesome. Awesome. Well, what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Um, something that I just, I'm very strict about is my bedtime routine. Um, I like to go to bed early. I get up early because I work out first thing in the morning. Um, but I get into my bed quite early and that's so I can have no phone, no TV on anything like that. I'm generally it's kind of alone time, even though my kids are always like coming in and out, but you know, that's okay. I, I just read, I relax. It's just like decompression time for me. I really have to shut off my brain because I'm like, you know, I am totally like, oh, I've got a million ideas going and I want to do them all. So this is a way for me to just decompress, get that all out. Um, and then I do a, a guided relaxation or a meditation as I fall asleep and it's about an hour it takes every night, but yeah, if I don't have that, I'm pretty cranky. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. And how early are you in bed? Just curious. Uh, I usually get into my bed around quarter after eight, usually asleep by like nine, nine 15, but I get up at four 45. So yeah, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> my fiance and I recently started waking up, um, at like five 30 to go to the gym together because we were yeah. like, we were staying up to like 11, and, you know, we would just watch a TV show or play Fortnite or do something stupid with our time that wasn't really furthering our life, which yeah. those things are good. It's just not good when you do them for five hours in an evening. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, we were just like, we could just go to sleep early and start going to the gym more often, especially because the wedding's coming up. We both want to get into a little bit better shape. And we've been kind of cutting stuff off at 9.15, typically in bed soon after, sleep by like 10-ish. And so I was yeah. just curious about how early um, you're going to sleep. But I love your routine. Part of me 
tell me if you resonate with this feeling. Sometimes I just get too bored to go to sleep and I'm like, I have to go to work tomorrow <laughs> and I, I'm going to, I'm going to be doing stuff until about 7 PM. Cause I do podcasts typically yeah. after work. And then it's like, I have two hours and I really want more time than two hours. Yep. Everything else that I want to do. So just curious what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. I've, um, Although, you know, I find that I've trained my family really well <laughs> gotcha. because, because when I, when I first started doing that, I was finding that I wasn't doing anything fun for myself. Like that was great that I had the routine, but I also wasn't, I don't know. I'm not somebody that needs a lot of downtime. Like I could like work and paint and do all of that and just keep doing it. But, you know, like I really like TV shows and stuff like TV and movies, like I, I, I enjoy it. I just know that I have a terrible habit, but I have trained my one daughter. I've been watching supernatural with her. We're going through all 15 seasons. I freaking love it. But like we start watching it at six 30 and I have a hard stop at eight 15. <laughs> so that's how I kind of get my extra time in. Yeah. And do you guys eat dinner through supernatural? Is it early dinner for you guys? Yeah, we usually eat a little bit earlier. I mean, things are going to change now because kids sports are are starting up and everything. But yeah, we're on like, are we on season 10? So oh, it's been pretty awesome. <laughs> that is epic. Supernatural <laughs> has 15 seasons. Sure does. I was yeah. watching Supernatural years ago and uh-huh. it, I probably stopped watching around season seven and I knew there were oh. nine seasons, but there are yeah. 15 seasons now. Yeah, you got to keep going. It's so good. <laughs> It gets better and better. I, I I remember the craziest thing was like when they introduced God's sister or something like that. I was like, they just, the story keeps going, but they're like uh-huh. plenty of seasons past that now, I guess, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just, yeah. It's such a great show. Amazing. Amazing. Well, awesome. <laughs> what is, oh, sorry for the spoiler alert. Maybe we'll put spoiler alert on the podcast, but I feel like you should have seen it by now if it has 15 seasons. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if I have yet, but that's okay. Uh, okay. the god's sister part yeah maybe it's not till after season 10 oh i definitely didn't watch that far so i saw a youtube clip so sorry about that sorry <laughs> for the spoiler alert then uh, um what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet emily jeffords or Lori gonzalez oh my goodness let's go meet and work with or be mentored by because that's the goal well I mean, Emily has a mastermind, so that is certainly something that uh, I could look at more closely. I haven't really examined it. Uh, Lori, I don't know, like Lori doesn't have, she has courses, but she doesn't, she doesn't have a mastermind or anything like that. Um, But to be honest, um, I might feel comfortable reaching out to her. And just, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be that, like, I want to pick your brain person. But um, I think I definitely feel comfortable trying to just develop a bit of a professional relationship with her and see what happens. Um, Because I'm sure she's a busy lady, but yeah. Yeah, unique value add. Um, Because the pick your brain drives any type of person that has any type of success crazy nowadays because initially it was a new thing and so it was cool when people did it but now it's like oh let me pick your brain and they get it 20 times a day yeah um if you read this book called giftology Mm -hmm. 
and it's about giving gifts as a form of business and marketing. And so basically get to know um, Lori or Emily really well and give buy them a gift that really would speak to their heart and then just send it to them. Be like, hey, love the work you're doing. Um, honestly, you might not even ask for a meeting. You could ask for a meeting, but just say, love the work for you're doing and wanted to show you recognition or wanted to yeah. show you that I see you or something like that and mm -hmm. just touch their heart. And then they will probably reach out to you be like, hey, thank you for the gift. And then you can think of a series of value ads at the, after that, like every two to three weeks, give them a touch point of like, saw it's your anniversary. Congratulations on 50 years of marriage or whatever it is. So yeah. I'm sure they're not uh, old enough to be, have been married for 50 years, but <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> uh, they're both younger than me. Gotcha. Definitely gotcha. Younger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think give, talk, give them a gift that would touch their heart or give them a personalized message through LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever they're most active that would like touch their heart as well. And just don't ask for the meeting until you've mm -hmm. touched their heart like two or three times. Yeah. Like would love to talk more about where you get your inspiration or something that's important to artists. I don't. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Cause I'm definitely not a, I don't know. I don't want to be like a, Hey there, hi there, bro. Exactly. Kind of thing. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Always going with the value add. That is one thing I've learned about entrepreneurship and yeah. something about um, the market. It's like, I feel like as employees, we'll get kind of shielded from this because people give us opportunities to provide value. Like they set up a system and then they plug us into a system where we provide value within that role. But when you get out of like a system and you're creating your own system, you have to create value. Otherwise the market will not acknowledge you. And so always getting in that mindset of like, I'm going to add value. I'm going to add value. I'm going to add value. Just helps you as an entrepreneur. And so same thing in networking. Yeah. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Well, you have to let me know when Lori and Emily get back to you. <laughs> I will. I will. Another, thing, another thing you could do is just start a podcast for your favorite authors and have it be a 10 episode series and you'll, you'll get them on an interview for sure. Favorite well, artists. I think I said authors. You know, I do do, I do do a series. I've done a few, it's not a podcast, but I've done some Instagram lives with um, artists just talking to them about their process. Um, and then I turn it into a blog post. Um, but yeah, that would be, that's a great idea. Perfect. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this. Well, when you're live with Lori or Emily, you'll have to email me and be like, yo, I'm going live with them. You got to watch. I will. I will for yeah. sure. Awesome. And now we're going to jump to our final series of questions. And I did not send these beforehand. So if you don't know the answer, feel free to say, I don't know. And they also require a bit of pretext. So stick with me as I read them, okay? So a lot of people have come on the podcast and they've said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change. The catalyst that helps people make that switch is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. Do you agree? disagree have anything to add or subtract i would agree with that um i would agree i i think i've in, experienced both both of those things happening um i talked about earlier 
sorry, my phone's ringing. Um, I talked earlier about how um, it, it really was desperation for me. Uh, you know, I, I was looking in the mirror every day and thinking like, you're getting older and what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're just, it, it felt desperate. Um, but also um, just starting, just starting it and, and experiencing those wins and just as I cultivated my own creativity, I would say that I was becoming more and more inspired by the things around me and the everyday um, that I hadn't always noticed before. So, uh, and then in turn, both of those things inspired me to really want to, you know, maybe change how I'm doing things, maybe change how I approach life. Um, maybe, I mean, because I, I think I was definitely very like, I don't know, that's too cheesy or too corny, or I would never do that. And now I'm like all in on some stuff where I'm like, oh yeah, like manifest me up. Like I'm here we go. Let's do it. So yeah. Absolutely. I love it. And so given the same amount of extreme inspiration or extreme desperation, why do you think some people make the choice to change and others don't? I think it's fear. I really, I think it's the ability to push through their fear or not being able to. And I, and I think that, um, you know, I've heard the expression, all it takes is 10 seconds of courage. Some people don't even give themselves that 10 seconds and it, it makes it really difficult to move forward, even if you want to. Yeah. Um, and I think once you experience I mean it's back to that inspiration again you, you you push yourself through those 10 seconds and go that wasn't so bad you know maybe I could do this again with something harder um and and that just keeps building yeah yeah I love it and so some people need a small amount of inspiration or desperation to change and others need a larger more consistent amount what do you think establishes that threshold and can it be influenced I 100% think it can be influenced. Um, I think who you surround yourself with, what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're doing, all of those things can influence you to change faster. Um, and to, and to I, I mean, I think like evolve consciously and, and get to that place. You're gonna do it if you're in an environment that's supporting that as opposed to an environment that's not supportive of that. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that that you can be influenced. Um, but you know, I don't know. Some people just have it in them though, too. It, it's it's uh, I think it's sort of a parallel thing to resilience, um, being able to to evolve. There's there's something that I there's a symbol from um, it's from Indian culture and it's it's uh, it's used in some Eastern religions um, and it's called the unilome and uh, it, it's just, it's kind of a twisting symbol and sometimes it ends in a lotus flower, but it just, it symbolizes that the path to enlightenment is, is winding and it's not straight and it's not straightforward. Um, and I think the faster that you understand that, the faster you move through. Yeah. Into better, Absolutely. better places. There we go. There we go. So we got one last question for you. Okay. So for this question, keep in mind a person who has a really fixed mindset, they're not willing to accept help, and they're not willing to accept change. 
In Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And the laws are to make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. With that context in mind, how can we, you and I, create an environment for that avatar that makes it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying for them to make the choice that will change their life? I think that that's a leading by example kind of uh, proposition. Um, we talked about, you know, earlier about environment and being influenced. Um, and I think that if we let our own light shine um, and just be who we are and, and model that, that I think it, it's easier for other people. I, I, and, and at the end of the day, they have to make that choice. But I, I think that that that's the only way we can support it because I don't believe that you can force people into that. Um, yeah. They have to, they have to be at a spot where they're ready to, you know, change and to move into a growth mindset. It's not something that you can make someone do. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. When you said, if we let our own light shine, I thought you were about to quote a poem by Marianne Williamson. Oh, no. What is it? <laughs> What's the poem? Um, have you ever heard the poem, Our Deepest Fear is Not That We Are Inadequate, it is That We Are Powerful Beyond Measure? No. And, oh. That's like, that's a truth bomb right there. <laughs> so is the rest of the poem. I think oh. you should go check out that poem. I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the poem, she's like, and as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. Yeah. And I just love it. So, yeah. so anyway. Awesome. Gina, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Of course. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I want to chat about anything, but if anybody wants to check out my stuff or, or my work, um, my website is ginaclarkcreative.com. And you can find me on Instagram at ginaclarkcreative. And if you do sign up for my email list, you will get a guide called five simple steps to unlocking your creativity. And it's just some small, easy steps that, that anyone can take to start moving them to be more creative. There we go. There we go. I love it. Well, awesome. If you guys are listening to this and you loved what Gina had to say, make sure to check her out. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. Get that guide, buy a print, and then buy one for a friend. As we, right. There we go. As we always ask, shoot this podcast over to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes if you liked the show. And on that note, oh, Spotify reviews now too. So you can do it there too. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.